Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. We are back at it again. I have missed you. I always miss doing this, man. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun. I dig it. Hope y'all been taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other, take care of business. See if I can remember how to do the sound and everything. (laughs) Got Republican debates tonight. That should be fun. I'm sure they're going to address a lot of class issues and everyone's going to be very happy with how the performance goes and uh, we'll all have health care by the end of the debates. So that'll be good. Can't even remember where I used to put this camera. Isn't this something? Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, it's good to see some familiar faces here live. Uh, again, hope everyone's been doing well. Hope everything's going good with uh, you and yours. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have too much time tonight, so I'm just going to get right into it, and we can talk about the topic of the night, which is really uh, the UAW, the United Auto Workers uh, Union. And some of the stuff that they've been doing. But before we kind of get into that, I'm just going to start with um, just a little bit of a, I guess, intro, just talking about uh, things that have been going on, talking about just why I think this topic is important. So um, so in the past few weeks, I've I've been extremely busy. And that's what I would say if it were entirely true. Uh, And to some extent, it is. I've been preoccupied at work with various projects uh, that have taken me a lot longer than I ever anticipated they would. And yes, there have been some late nights working, but there's there have actually been more late nights with me uh, playing video games or watching TV or watching porn and drinking because I don't want to deal with a reality where the entirety of my political contributions come down to what podcasts I have listened to, uh, where people are still sick and still dying because they can't afford healthcare, where the only way out is to get lucky enough to work a job that you don't particularly care about, and where people get more out of arguing about politics and who is a grifter and who's not, then they get out of actually affecting material conditions. And for the past few weeks, especially since my last episode, I have just not wanted to engage. Um, and, you know, that's a bit of a privilege, isn't it? Like this, this having a way to just turn it all off, getting a chance to run away from the struggle because you can just play Diablo 4 and jack off. Uh, These little sort of comforts of consumption have a way of numbing us just enough to drift off into sleep, wake up the next day, and turn a profit for capitalists again. And, you know, for the rest of you who don't even get those little creature comforts, uh, you either work or you starve. Uh, you either work or you go homeless. 
and your lives are far more difficult than mine is. And uh, you have far more to complain about. But many of you don't even have the time or the energy to pontificate about structural socioeconomic conditions. There is no waxing poetic for you. There's just waxing the floors of the 100-story building where rich men sit at the top in executive suites, planning out how they can better extract value from you and from all their laborers. Uh, When I started this show, I did so mostly because my partner at the time couldn't escape me when I would corner her to rant about politics. I needed an outlet to voice my thoughts, and I needed an outlet that was somewhere between cornering, cornering someone at a party and screaming into the void. Uh, so I decided that if I were to scream into a microphone, maybe someone would hear me. And maybe whoever heard me would scream back. And then maybe we could follow each other's screams to each other, where we could then meet and plan out a way that we could address some of the issues that were making us scream in the first place. And I think I've found that here in so many ways. Uh, But there is still a disconnect between the screaming and the acting. And I've always, maybe, I don't know if I've always said it. I I know that for a while now I've, I've thought that a- a- acting has to be the focus. The actions have to be the focus here. Uh, because if we're not acting, then what we're doing is just continuing to add to this ecosystem of consumption. Uh, and, you know, I say actions need to be the focus, but when the entire economic ecosystem is inescapable, And when that entire economic ecosystem is dependent on keeping you inactive, we can forget what real action looks like. And what is a scream to someone who has never learned to speak? And what is an action to someone who's never learned to move? How does one create anything when all they're ever doing is consuming? Uh, And these are kinds of the questions that made me really want to talk about the UAW. Um, Seems like a roundabout way to get there, but I promise this is going somewhere. So the UAW is one of the many unions that is currently on strike. They authorized their strike, uh, I think last week or the week before. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the UAW is just the United Auto Workers uh, Union. They are striking at all of the big three American car companies right now. Um, and with some of them, they're, they're getting, there's some talks that Ford has met some of their demands. Um, nothing really from GE yet, but they're striking for the same things that people are always striking for fairer wages, better hours, uh, some protections from, uh, some job security for the future. The, the things that they need to live. And I think looking at what the UAW is doing now, not to take away from any of the other strikers, which we can also talk about, but looking at what the UAW is doing right now, I think is for those of us who have been sitting in in, in action, I think it's a really good way to 
it's a great example of how you actually move. It's a lesson on how you are able to actually uh, leverage or, or, or just do something in a material way. Um, so I don't know how much we've talked on this show about the rise of Trump a little bit and how the rise of sort of conspiracy culture, right? Or this, 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 the degree to which you have a large population of people in the United States or a non insignificant portion of people in the United States who uh, no longer trust our institutions, no longer trust our government, no longer trust our media. And they are primed to be part of a socialist movement, but they end up in a sort of faux populist movement under some kind of culture war bullshit um, for one reason or another, mainly because they're misled, right? And I, I, I want to mention, I only bring them up because, you know, Matt Chrisman, who uh, is one of the people who is on the podcast Chapo Trap House, uh, you know, he talks about how conspiracy theories are in a way about being powerless and expressing a form of political imagination around that powerlessness. Uh, Naomi Klein speaks about how conspiracy culture is basically getting the facts wrong, but the feeling right. I've talked about how a lot of Trump voters have the, um, again, have the, the vibes right, but the facts wrong as well. And in that sense, conspiracy culture is like a, Naomi Klein also says like conspiracy culture is like a doppelganger to the left which connects those feelings to material conditions, facts and evidence and history on the ground. So you have swaths of people in this country who are, they know that they're getting screwed over by their government. They know that they're being left behind economically. They know that they're being disempowered. Their jobs are being given away. They are, in a worse situation now than they have been. Trump voters understand that. Uh, leftists understand that. People who are actually affected by the material conditions of day-to-day -day life are understanding that. Uh, what they don't understand sometimes is what is the cause of it? Uh, and both Chrisman and Klein believe that this kind of conspiracy thinking, which some people become susceptible to, uh, you know, the people who think that the reason why we are in the situation that we're in is because of globalism, whatever that even means, as opposed to global capitalism, which is something that we can actually track. We can actually look at how the current crises of so many blue collar workers is because of policies and decisions made by executives in these corporations to increase their own profits, to continue to extract value. You know, if you point to something just like globalism or like the great replacement theory, a lot of these conspiracies have a way of 
trying to explain why, you know, why things are different now, why you're in a worse situation. But the explanation they give you is just, if you poke it a little bit, it doesn't make sense. You know, why would someone spend all of this money to replace all the white people in America with Asians or South Americans or something? Why would that be a goal in and of itself? Why would that not be a downstream effect of someone who's trying to get richer, of companies that are trying to make more money? And, and, and you know, both Chrisman and Klein believe that con- this conspiracy thinking and why I'm bringing up this kind of conspiracy thinking and this kind of um, faux populism where people become, uh, you know, where people are misled as to the reasons why their situation is worse today than it was before. Uh, This conspiracy thinking is kind of the, it's a mysticism that cannot survive an actual class consciousness, right? If you look at a lot of these, um, if you look at a lot of the ways that Trump is able to rally people to his side, that you have uh, Republican candidates or Republicans who are able to make the working class feel as if they're being heard or as if they are, that the Republicans are at all interested in helping the working class is because they identify the problems correctly a lot of the times. Well, they identify that things are bad, right? They have the vibes right. And then they give you a bullshit answer as to why that is. Uh, You're poor because some transgender Guatemalan swimmers swam over the border and took your job at the factory, as opposed to, you know, the capitalist gave your job away. To someone who was in a more desperate situation, who had to flee their country because conditions had gotten so bad because of global capitalism that they no longer had the means to sustain themselves in their own home country. So now they're forced to flee somewhere else. And when they get here, lo and behold, that same capitalist is more than willing to pay pennies on the dollar so that they can have a few more bucks in their own pocket, you know? And this, why, why does all of this matter? Because again, you can't, you cannot, if you are, um, how do I put this? This matters because a lot of what you see in politics constantly today are people leveraging this real angst and this real economic destitution of a people and giving bullshit explanations for it and using it to loop them into some kind of culture war or some kind of something to mislead people into supporting them. It's all gaslighting. It's all people who will not tell you the truth. And again, why does this have to do with the United Auto Workers Union? Because the foundations of this movement going on with the UAW, the very foundations of it are rooted in a true class consciousness, in a true explanation for why shit is the way that it is. 
they're giving you an actual answer to the question of why are auto workers struggling now when their profits are all the way up? When they're making record profits, when their executives are pulling in 400 times the salaries of what their workers make, now we have a union which seems to be well-versed in, you know, basically Marxist concepts. And I really want to talk about Sean Fain here. Uh, but first, let me, let me, I'm going to play, I think, a clip from the UAW that I really want people to listen to. Um, just so, just so maybe you have an idea of what I'm saying. If you have not been following this along very closely, I think this is uh, important. So let me bring this up real quick. What a lawn that That's not it. Ugh, I should have just saved the video. Bide. Ugh. You can tell I'm rusty at this. You can tell <laughs> I am uh forgot how to actually look up the shit. But if if need be, I'll just explain it. I mean, it is uh Yeah, and Biden's joined the picket line. We'll talk about that. But look, I'm I I'll try one more time to find it. Just pretend there's some elevator music. Do 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 do, ba do 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 do, ba da da ba 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 da do 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 do. Okay, let me see what this was. Our hometowns are. Here we go. Here's a clip. This is UAW President Sean Fain, uh, speaking in an ad that they are. This is their own sort of, uh, copy material. The UAW has their own Facebook page. They have their own um uh materials their 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 own social media accounts they, where they're putting all of this out there so you can hear directly from them and this is what they're saying under attack belvedere lordstown romeo just a few years ago they were thriving towns with profitable auto plants once incredible job producing factories what happened i said those jobs have left ohio they're all coming back. They're all coming back. Don't move. Don't sell your house. The big three have closed 65 plants over the last 20 years. That's been devastating for our communities. Plant closers shutter local businesses, they wreck lives, and they rip apart families. That economy is cruel, and it's not working. When Nordstown closed, catalyst for, for divorce, for myself included, it's completely turned my life, you know, upside down. It doesn't affect just your livelihood. It affects everything. Knowing that, you know, I'm never going back to the community that, that raised me is, is definitely the hardest thing to think about. The plant's making money. We're chugging along. I went from working seven days a week to being laid off. 
this is a huge, huge corporate greed thing. You know, at, at what point is enough profits enough? When we had the groundbreaking ceremony last year, we expected to go up to around 5,000 employees. And of course, now we're in a position where we want to do that. My dad was hired into GM in 1966, and it had been a great, prosperous community when GM came in. It really helped lift up the community and wages for people living there. When I got hired in 95, I kind of felt like I hit the lottery. Not only was it a great job, I was able to buy a house with a picket fence, raise two beautiful daughters, but was able to kind of live that American dream. We had three shifts there for a period of time. Then it went down to two shifts. And then when they get down to the last nut, they say, oh, you know, we lost 1,500 jobs. That's not, that's not really accurate. It was closer to 4,000. And those were just the UAW GM jobs inside the facility. We represented uh, a whole bunch of parts suppliers as well. We had six different units. There was Teamsters, Steelworkers, and other IPS non-union facilities that lost their jobs when Town closed. For decades now, we've had an economy where one CEO has the power to ruin local communities. It doesn't have to be this way. In our contract talks with the big three, we're demanding the tools we need to fix this broken economy. We're demanding the right to strike over plant closures. We have to defend our communities from the corporate greed that's killing so many cities and towns. We're also demanding the creation of the Working Family Protection Program. It's a program that keeps UAW members working. If companies try to shutter our plants, they have to pay UAW members to stay on the job. That means UAW members providing for their families while helping out in schools, in nursing homes, and local parks. The big three will still make a healthy profit and our communities will stay healthy too. We know our economy can work for the working class. We've seen it. When the UAW, the Steelworkers, and the Teamsters won big, so did families across the country. And that's what we're fighting for in these negotiations. We're fighting to rebuild our lives, our communities, and our economy. So join the fight. So again, that's UAW president and um, uh, that's Sean Fain and others in the UAW talking about uh, real shit, uh, really explaining to, I think in plain terms, the power dynamics between big CEOs, between the executives of these companies and the workers who depend on them. You know, they said that they have the ability, these executives and these companies, the ability to shape the uh, prosperity of entire towns, uh, entire communities. And that's true. And that's what is, uh, I think that's what's making this strike so important. Again, you know, Matt Chrisman has said before, that class consciousness is the opposite of conspiracy thinking. He says it makes everything more coherent and dispels the mysticism. Conspiracy theories just fill the space that's left where class consciousness should be. And I think if you look at our politics as they've been playing out especially Trump, the rise of Trump, if you really look at what, if you look at that Trump-Bernie effect, 
you know, that ability for Trump to have some bleed over from Bernie Sanders voters, or at least the claimed, you know, there's always a claim that Trump was able to get more, not more Bernie Sanders voters uh, than Hillary was, but that there was an appeal to Trump to some of the Bernie Sanders people who are supported Bernie Sanders. And you say, why is that? Well, because the things that Trump was speaking to a lot of the times are problems that are being faced by working class people. When you're talking about your distrust for the institutions as they currently exist, when you're talking about uh, the swamp and the money that's swirling around in the swamp and that's sending your jobs overseas, you know, Trump has a lot of big talk where he was saying we're bringing those jobs back. Now, he did not. He was a union busting piece of shit. But that message resonated with people. And it's a better explanation than, you know, your jobs were given away by the Jews or uh, fucking Muslim terrorists or whatever the fuck dumbass explanation they're trying to put out there, right? Uh, But Trump can only give you so much class consciousness. All these politicians and the way that they're speaking most of the time, since they all serve corporatist capitalist powers, none of them can actually call the boogeyman out by its name. They have to give you other reasons. They have to give you conspiracy. And it doesn't need to be QAnon or anything like that. It just needs to be something as simple as, um, well, it is woke. Somehow the wokeness of capitalism Woke policies are what are destroying your ability to get a job in the United States. And if you start tracking that and trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about, it makes no fucking sense. Why would the color of people's skin or their gender identification or their gender, whatever, why, why would any of that affect your ability to work? at a factory. Why why would that have have any actual and why would people pay money specifically just to get more transgender Guatemalan swimmers into your assembly line? Like that's the whole point. When have you known capitalists to pay money for anything that wasn't going to make them money? Or that they didn't think was going to make them money? They're not, you're not losing your jobs or your situation because of wokeness or any of this shit. You're losing it because of capitalism. And that is, again, that class consciousness, though, has been missing in the United States for quite some time. We have not, we, we don't see each other as, as allies, you know, comrades. It's all hustle culture. It's go get your money. You go get yours. What are you doing? Individual achievement. You know, are you making six? Even the incel sort of like manosphere culture of the idea of what makes you a valuable person is how much money you make, which is frankly psychotic. The idea that a number on a page of a fiat currency, a currency that doesn't even have any value in and of itself is what gives you value is alone like shitty, but it can 
without enough of that fiat currency, you can not pay your bills. You can be homeless. And that lack of class consciousness has really been hurting us for a long time. And with the UAW in particular, they are putting out the most militant of the messages. Sean Fain, I don't know where he comes from. I don't really know his background. And I know that when we talk about like socialist endeavors or when we talk about collective action, it is not any one person. It is, it takes the solidarity of all of us to actually change things. We have to be in uh, Congress with one another. We, we, we have to be a unit that moves together as a fist to fist the capitalists. <laughs> but we do, you need that kind of solidarity. But wherever Sean Fain is coming from, you can tell he's read some of this. He's got to be a theory guy. I don't know where it is, but the the principles that he is espousing here are exactly what you need to what exactly what is needed for a union to hear. He is injecting the class consciousness back into the unions. When he's saying we refuse to endorse a president. We're not going to endorse Biden yet because this isn't a a fucking uh, influence peddling game. It's a game about getting people fed. That's not a game, right? It's it, That's the point is to get people fed, to get people housed, to let people actually live uh, meaningful lives. When he talks about how, you know, Trump, I don't know if, if, if you know... You, you probably already know this, but Trump has been, uh, instead of the debate tonight, this Republican debate, which they're going to discuss nothing and it's going to be pointless. Will I still watch it? I don't know. Probably because I'm a freak. I am a freak. But when it comes to what Trump is doing tonight, he is going to, uh, I believe, Michigan, or one of the places where these auto workers are striking, and he's, I don't think he's going to actually where they're striking, but he's going to go give a talk, his own little speech. And if you hear what he's already said about the strike, he has refused to endorse the workers straight out. He's using coded language. Mr. One of the people who's been one of the most direct politicians to people is so much of his appeal, right? That Trump tells it like it is. You know what he won't fucking say ever? Because he can't do it? Is he won't say... I'm, I stand with the unions unequivocally. The unions are right in this. Because let me tell you something. Trump is someone, and I know I'm saying Trump, 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 but bear with me on this because it's important. Trump is someone who his belief in and affection for the working class is not even skin deep. This is a billionaire who all his friends are billionaires who benefits from a system where the only real way to become a billionaire is to become as ruthless as possible against all the little people down there who are working for a living. Johnny is exactly right when he says, Trump will not say, pay these guys what you owe them. 
And even if he says it, he won't do it. Because Trump's entire appeal and the appeal of all. One of the things that we have to understand when we talk about like people who. Like American fascism or fascism in general is. People will say and do a lot of populist shit, a lot of shit that seems popular with people. But who they actually serve at the end of the day, who they're actually reinforcing, the who their policies go to benefit, always the capitalists, always, because that's the deal that they make. The deal that is made, basically, and kind of like when the Republican Party or when people are getting behind Trump, when elites are getting behind Trump, the deal that is made is like, okay, you seem to have this ability to assuage and control the populace. You... It's clear that they're with you. We will give you our resources and stand behind you if you keep shit the way it is. If you make sure we don't lose our fucking standing and our position. If you make sure we can still exploit these dirty little fuckers who work for us, then cool. Then we're not gonna we're not gonna sweat it. We don't want you, but clearly shit is bad and we are not able to control it. You can control it at least enough, we'll put the resources behind you and we'll make sure we insulate you. And that's the deal that's made. But if someone makes that deal, someone like Trump or any of these other politicians who are out there talking like they are for you guys, like they are for labor, like they give a shit about you, any of those people out there talking, the easiest way to figure out if they're a phony-ass bitch is tell them to put up or shut up. Okay, do you stand with workers or do you not? They can't. Their position of power and their actual interests, their political interests, lie with the capitalists. So they won't actually get behind you and support you. They can't. So how do you actually beat these motherfuckers? How do you actually like how do you actually beat them? How do you beat the Trumps? How do you beat the people? You do what the UAW is doing right now. You leverage what power you have. You make it very clear that your demands are you make it first of all you make it very clear what the sides are. If you're broke, if you work for a living, if you work you're on this side of the fence. If the if the, the way you're making your money is you get it from us, you're on that side. Everyone on this side of the fence, I don't care what color you are. I don't care how many dogs you have. I don't care if you wear a little ballerina dress at night and drink milk from a little a fake prosthetic breast. I don't give a shit about any of that. Are you in the same circumstances that I am economically? Okay, are we? Good. Then we both have something to gain here, and we're both being exploited in the same way. Regardless of how they try to divide us, if they try to divide us by race, if they try to divide us by sexual orientation, any of that shit, all that shit is downstream of class it really is. And I'm becoming more and more convinced of that every day. 
not trying to be a class reductionist, but remember, even when I talk about race, people, when we talk about racism, how did chattel slavery type racism start in the United States? You had white indentured servants and black slaves who were in very similar conditions, who were working similar jobs, who were exploited in similar ways, and they were revolting. And the masters couldn't have them revolting together. So it had to find a way to sever their class solidarity. And it did that by putting whips into the hands of the poor indentured servant whites and having them have full authority over the blacks. And look what happened. You have a Stanford prison experiment situation. Suddenly, if you're able to divide and obscure that class consciousness, then you can create a power structure where the destitute people will keep themselves down. Where workers will fuck themselves over. Which explains a lot of Trump's support, which explains a lot of the support for a lot of politicians. But that's not what the UAW is doing. The UAW is doing this. And I want to play one more video from them. Because this is super, this is the, the video that they announced on their own website when they decided to go on strike. So here, here's, again, the UAW. It's called A Message from Sean Fain. Hey, everybody, I'm here in my garage. It used to be hot, gross, basically. That's an ad. Time, so I installed a Mr. Cool DIY system. Let me show you how. <laughs> this garage sucks. Hey, UAW family. Okay, here we go. Black. Okay, ad's done. Okay, here in your garage, if you need a nice little cool system, I don't know what the fuck that guy's talking about, but he's selling something. It's something there. But let's let's... Let's hear what Sean Fain's saying here again. And pay particular attention to the class consciousness element of it. Because the one thing I forgot to mention, when Trump was is trying to pretend, you know, he's given a couple statements and he hasn't come out and said, I support the UAW. Sean Fain has called him out on that. Sean Fain has said, look, we don't need a billionaire who's friends with all of these executives that are fucking us over. We don't need their support, nor do we want it. We're not here for that. Show me the money. Go to the Jerry uh, Jerry Maguire. Show me the fucking money. That's the only thing you should be talking about. Either give me my shit or get the fuck out of my face. Pardon my French, but that you got to have that kind of attitude, really. And this is what I love about what the UAW is doing. So again, this is a message from Sean Fain. Uh, talking about the next strike deadline. Hey, UAW family. Last week, we announced the launch of the stand-up strike. I want to give a major shout-out to the thousands of members who are on the picket line right now fighting for all of us. For the first time in our union's history, we're on strike at all three of the big three. The stand-up strike is a new approach to striking. Instead of striking all plants all at once, select locals will be called on to stand up and walk out on strike. This is our generation's answer to the movement that built our union, the sit-down strikes of 1937. Then as now, we face massive inequality across our society. Then as now, our industry is rapidly changing and workers are being left behind. Then, as now, our labor movement is redefining itself. The big three 
have made over a quarter trillion dollars in North American profits over the last 10 years. They've made 21 billion in profits in the first half of this year. The big three CEOs have increased their already massive salaries by an average of 40% over the last four years, while the companies have poured billions into stock buybacks and special dividends to enrich Wall Street. Car companies are fleecing consumers right now. In the past four years, the average price of a new car is up 30%. You think UAW wages are driving that increase? Think again. Our pay has risen a mere 6% over the last four years. Due to inflation, an auto worker today is making less in real wages than we made 20 years ago. That's why we have chosen to stand up. We're taking a stand against corporate greed. We're taking a stand against inequality. And we're taking a stand to end tears to win back cost of living allowance, to raise wages, and to protect our communities from plant closures. We told the big three that September 14th was a deadline and we meant it. We gave the companies our economic demands eight weeks ago. It took them more than a month to get to the table. We had to file federal charges against two of them at the labor board to get them to start bargaining in good faith. Our members have been clear about our demands and we know the companies can afford to make things right. Record profits mean record contracts. We've been available 24 seven to bargain a deal that recognizes our members' sacrifices and contributions to these record profits. Still, the big three failed to get down to business. That's why last week, our brave union family at Wentzville Assembly, Toledo Assembly, and final assembly and paint departments of Michigan Assembly were called on to stand up and go out on strike. And that's exactly what they did. Just as importantly, all the rest of you stayed on the job. That is the only way the strategy works. We're gonna keep hitting the company where we need to, when we need to. And we're not gonna keep waiting around forever while they drag this out. I have been clear with the big three every step of the way, and I'm gonna be crystal clear again right now. If we don't make serious progress by noon on Friday, September 22nd, more locals will be called on to stand up and join the strike. That will mark more than a week since our first members walked out. And that will mark more than a week of the big three failing to make progress in negotiations toward reaching a deal that does right by our members. Auto workers have waited long enough to make things right at the big three. We're not waiting around and we're not messing around. So noon on Friday, September 22nd is a new deadline. Either the big three get down to business and work with us to make progress in negotiations or more locals will be called on to stand up and go out on strike. Between now and then, UAW members will keep organizing actions. Those on strike will remain on strike. And those on the job will keep monitoring for unilateral changes made by management, which are not allowed under an expired contract. Keep organizing rallies 
Keep organizing red shirt days. Keep up the energy and keep showing the companies that you are ready to join the strike if necessary. This is our generation's defining moment. So be ready to stand up. So that's from about eight days ago. Um, they actually did uh, the actions, which he describes there, in uh, organizing more walkouts, more strikes. And one thing I do want to mention here about the UAW is they are doing a new strategy of striking called a stand-up strike, where typically when you strike, it's all plants all at once. So everyone who is on the job, who is in the union, at all locations that are going to be striking, they all go out at the same time. Now, that's a pretty devastating hit for an employer, but it's also a very, very devastating hit for the workers. And why is that? Well, if no one in the union is working and getting paid anything at any one time, then it becomes a game of chicken. And the instead of driving a vehicle, it's seeing how long one group can, uh, how long one group can outlast the other economically. And typically when you're workers, uh, you usually have a strike fund or something from your dues that you've paid into a union. You typically have, um, you know, sometimes people will donate money to the union to, to fund the strike, but you, you only have so many days so long before you guys actually start to starve. It's difficult. This new strategy is strategically picking different plants that workers will strike at at different periods of time, periodically. They can always all walk out at the same time. That's always on the table. But they're going to try to strike in a way to where some of their members can be making money and still contributing to that strike fund while other members are on strike in a way that brings maximum economic damage to the executives and these corporations themselves, which I think is a really brilliant way to do it. It's risky in different ways, and we could talk about that, but it's a really brilliant way to do it. So again, I want to take some callers. I said I couldn't be here too long today, but what is the main thesis here? Let me wrap this up because I talked about a lot. I talked about first there's sometimes a sense of hopelessness or inaction that we can feel that we try to either consume ourselves. I don't know. We consume a bunch of shit to try to drown it out, but we actually have a responsibility while we're here to look, you can't run away from your problems and we can't run away from this. And if we do, that's okay, but it's just going to, Keep the system going as it is. We also know that politically right now, we're in a situation to where there are a lot of people out there, a lot of politicians who are doing a lot of this, talking, talking, talking shit, and they're never addressing the material conditions of people who work for a living. Because to do so would be antithetical to their mission as politicians, which is to serve their interests and their interests are they lie with the capitalists just look at all the people in congress look at 
the president even look at look at all these different offices clarence thomas all of these people are just fucking taking money and making money okay you'd think it's a goddamn rap video the way they're out there just getting paper it is a if your your whole goal is to serve the power interests that already exist then you're going to be aligned with capitalists and you're going to serve them and that's what they've been doing and they've been doing it well and even those of them who are like trump and try to pretend like they give a shit about the little guy they won't actually do anything that materially affects your interests for the better that is not okayed by their capitalist daddy because who they serve is daddy daddy capitalism they don't serve you and so when we see a lot of people who are falling for trump versus biden again or who are uh you know believing that somehow the answer to this situation is to vote for trump or to vote for biden even but mostly to vote for trump that somehow the economy is going to be better. Your situation is going to be better. It's just not. And when we see people who are prone to sort of, they understand something's wrong with the world, with their situation. And they're giving these bullshit answers. Like, you know, it's George Soros. Like somehow one guy is responsible for everything bad. And, none of these other billionaires are responsible at all or that this one billionaire would think it was his like life's mission to uh i don't know make sure you have to work with black people uh <laughs> that doesn't make sense right the 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 vibes are correct people understand something is wrong but people are constantly going to try to mislead you and mislead the populace as to what is actually causing the downfall of our civilization. The answer can be found in class consciousness. They are working you to death and taking away all things that could be beneficial to you because you are a fucking cog in a machine, a machine that buys daddy capitalists more yachts. So he can, I don't know, like, so they can still feel bad about themselves. That's what's so fucking crazy. These people get so much money, and then they're still little pussies. How is that possible? Pardon my French. I don't mean to call them like, you know, I, 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 they're just still like baby fucking, ooh, wow, my daddy didn't love me. And then they got like shit in their pants. They're just fucking poopy babies. They're still poopy babies. Still even though they got all this money, right? But that's the system. Is the system, their worth comes from having a number on a page go up and up and up. And so they can say that they're the biggest poopy pants diaper baby in the world, that they are somehow the ultra daddy capitalists. When, I don't want to get too far off track, but that's how the system works. And these politicians who are out there telling you that the solution is either to vote, which I'm not saying it, it, it never is, but that's not the end-all be-all at all, right? The solution is to support one candidate or the other. No, the solution 
and the thing to even address the conspiracies is to bring back that clash consciousness, baby, is to bring shit back to the center. What are they doing to us? What are they doing to you? How are they exploiting you? And is that the same way they're exploiting all these other people? The answer is yes. It's yes. You're all in the same fucking boat. And this, it gets pretty deep because you start going up on the economic ladder. And if you're still working for a living, even if you're a pro sports player and you're making a shit ton of money, like a lot, a lot of money, they're making more. They're making more off of you running around that court. It is, they, the the point, the, the thing that actually defeats all of this bullshit, the conspiracy that cuts through the bullshit politicians, cuts through all the shit, is whose labor is being exploited and to who are the fruits of that exploited labor being extracted to. It's class consciousness. And so why do we want to, why did I want to talk about the, the UAW? Is this is a strike. And again, there have been a lot of great strikes going on. The Writers Guild may have reached an agreement. It looks like they've reached a tentative agreement. I'm happy for them. But I think they should continue on strike with the actors until the actors uh, get their fair share too. But the actors have been on strike. You have um, um, the John Deere people were on strike not too long ago. You had the railroad workers who wanted to go on strike and then Biden disapproved that. But we'll, I don't want to get too far off track. The the There are plenty of strikes going on right now. But I think the best that I've seen it, that's been the best it's been done so far as to instructing us, how do we actually turn our inaction and consumption into action? The best lessons we can learn right now are the UAW. It is clear that the first message that's being put out there by the UAW is class consciousness first. Material conditions first. They are forcing now the politicians to dance around. Trump has got a fucking tap dance like the goddamn WB frog to try to signal, to virtue signal, that he supports unions. When he doesn't give a fuck about unions. Biden's old ass had to get on a fucking plane and show up at the picket line. They forced the president of the fucking United States to come and at least virtue signal that he cares about this union. That's power. And you do that by not giving in and not caving. Don't fucking endorse Biden until he tap dances just the way you like it. And then if he stops dancing for you and your people, drop him. Drop your endorsement immediately. Oh, nope, we retract it. We don't endorse, what we endorse is not a candidate. What we endorse is an economic situation that allows me and my homies to fucking live, to get health care, to be able to provide for a family, 
that lets us get the fruits of our labor, that lets us determine, you know, the seat at the t- to, to have a seat at the table that does not just come to exploit us. And that's a real flex of power. That's how it's actually done. And Sean Fain, again, I don't know where he comes from. I don't know his whole history. He was elected in 2023. Um, I think he also shows the importance of what good leadership can do. Look, again, this is a solidarity type movement. I understand the people who were around during Occupy Wall Street, and we all kind of, we all kind of were wary of having leaders at all because leaders can be corrupted. Leaders can absolutely betray us and they betray people. But like that kind of direct planned action and that sort of mission consistency, the messaging there is clear. We don't, we're not part of the billionaires. We don't want their endorsements or their, we want them to be fair. And who we work for is us because we're the only ones that got our back. And time has shown that over and over again. Trump is going to have a hard time tap dancing for this one. Biden too. Everyone should. And that's good. That's good, good, good. That can only result in good things. See, you know what? I might tune into that Republican debate just to see what these motherfuckers try to say how they try to explain when they, if, if there is a question, I'd be surprised if there's a question about the United auto workers. I think there almost has to be because it's like a story that's kind of broken through into the mainstream as well, because people are freaking out. You know, the capitalist class is freaking out about, I'm not going to get all of my treats for my yacht. So it may be a question. Listen to how these motherfuckers tap dance. Just watch. That is, people have been talking about how do you solve the political situation in the United States? How do you solve, you know, all of these things? Well, you get a long way by being very clear that these guys serving capitalist ends are not your friends and that you're actually all in this together, whether you're a, a fucking, I don't know, a, a... blue person or a gay frog you guys as long as you're both working at the same plant or you're both working for a living you're in the same boat always 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 so long as you're both extracted for your labor to make money for someone else and again um we'll be talking more about the uaw i'm sure i i want to go more into strategically what can we do look at that look at that look at what they're doing look at the way they're putting their messages out there very clearly that they're emphasizing class solidarity first and class consciousness that they are not falling for politicians and endorse they're not promising endorsements for politicians or anything like that who uh prematurely or maybe even at all because the ends are, you always want to be able to be combative with the people who are making your situation worse. And then the other thing that I want to emphasize, and then I'm, I'm done. I'll take a call or some calls and then we'll get out of here. Um, listen to how they are so good at 
how Sean Fain and how the UAW has been so good at countering the CNBC, Fox News talking points about how they're going to hurt the economy. Don't they think it's fair? It's unfair to, to do that. They have been excellent on addressing those points. When asked, you know, are they going to hurt the economy? Aren't they af- afraid of the impact that they're going to have? Sean Fain says, look, this economy doesn't work for us. It works for the billionaires. <laughs> so we want to hurt their economy. Their economy is ripping us out of our homes. Whose economy is this? The fuck you talking about? Whose economy? You know, like, they are willing. Make Let's make this very clear. And this is what we need to, we really need to understand about um, about what's going on right now, the current socioeconomic situation we are in. They ship your jobs overseas all the time. They are willing to decimate an entire community. How many communities have been fucked up from all this? Detroit crashed. Peoria, Illinois crashed. Cairo, Illinois crashed. Look the coal industry crash, 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 crash. And yes, some of it is like, it's not always, I don't want to say it's not always capitalist greed, but it, it, it. I don't know if that's correct. A lot of the times it's just for the money. It's for the money. These people are not interested in setting up a social safety net. They got to even be forced to do that. They're willing to crash, not just your economy, your life. The one to crash your home, the one to crash your your family, the 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 uh, the graduation dreams that you had for your children. You know what I'm seeing now? You know it's real fucked up. I'm seeing when you see homeless people now, like, and this is just anecdotal. I don't know what the it, it doesn't mean anything. And then I swear I'm going to shut up, but or I'm going to take some callers. I'm never going to shut up. But like. When I was a kid and you saw homeless people, it was, you know, you'd see them. It was rare. And you'd see them, you know, give them some money, talk to them, whatever. And you'd see them, but there weren't as many as there were now. And you know what I'm seeing a a lot more of now? Kids. They got fucking kids out here on these streets. They have children if they're lucky living out of tents in Chicago where the temperatures drop to freeze your motherfucking dick off. Okay, that's Chicago. And these are children. They're supposed to go to school. They're supposed to have futures. They're supposed to, to, to be precious. These things that we're supposed to be, you know, these the, the thing that is literally what continues human society after us. That is supposed to be, you know, oh, we're so for pro-life. We want every child is sacred and special. The fuck is a homeless child doing on the street? That should be a like a fucking death sentence to like anyone who allows like homeless children to just be out there. Like, what are you doing? That's what cap- that's what these people who are so worried about how it's going to hurt the economy. That's the economy they're perfectly okay with. 
that's the kind of economic conditions they think make a successful economy. They say that's good. The S&P 500 is up. Oh, the NASDAQ 50-50 is blah, blah, blah. Oh, but these motherfuckers are out of their minds. So they're not your friends. Sean Fain in the UAW is making that very clear. And if they try to get you with these talking points, if you have class consciousness, then remember that 99% of us are going through similar shit to you. So speak to that. You want to talk about a messaging bill? If they try to, you know, these news networks or whatever, they try to spin you on some slick shit. Just remember, if the economy's not working for 99% of us, just call that out. They don't have a rebuttal to this shit. They don't have a rebuttal. And that's what I think is so... When I finally take the time to come back and think, man, what are we doing? Are we all just talking ourselves in circles? Are we all just jacking off and playing video games forever and then nothing changes? You know, seeing shit like this, this is this is people who want to know what actions do we do strategically? What do we do? Pay close attention to what's happening here because this is a case study. This is what we do. And we can find other ways to utilize these same tactics, but class consciousness, first and foremost. Okay, that's enough. I've promised. Lysol, welcome back. Hey, Bite, how you doing? Good, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, so for snack, I got a classic. I got a tub of red vines and a six-pack of Mountain Dew. Ooh. So you can eat some of the red vines, then <laughs> you can also use them as straws. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I used to. Oh, I haven't done that in forever. The red vine straw <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Still yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> so what uh what what's on your mind, Lysol? So maybe it happened in the part of my commute where I was going through hills and I kind of lost signal. But did you mention the subterfuge at play with the UAW strategy? Oh no, I did not. Please, please uh illuminate people to this, but it's pretty pretty excellent. So the UAW uh put out put out a list of or they, they announced to the trade magazines that they were going to strike at facility a b and c mm-hmm. and cmbc picked that up and so the 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 management got together and they moved stuff from a b and c to like d e and f so like okay yep. cool well d e and f will still be open then the strike comes d e f are on strike a b c are open so it causes more pain than it would have if they hadn't tried to overreact and kind of like guess and it also causes maximum pain with the minimum number of people on strike at one time. So it extends the strike fund. And honestly, dude, that's the most hopeful thing that's happened in 2023 as far as me is like somebody like that in charge having that kind of fucking plan. Somebody trying something new. It's fucking great. It's amazing. And Lysol, when people say, oh, well, it's never been done like this before. Well, the situation's never been what it is before. We're going to have to get innovative with our strategies. And I think that so often you hear politicians in particular who talk about uh, why we can't do something differently because, oh, those aren't the norms or this isn't the way that we've been, you know, like it, like I said, it's never been done before. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Modern problems require modern solutions, you know? And that's, I, I, I love the fact that they had the foresight to do that because another, another effect of that is, I would imagine that 
if all the A, B, and C plant people, the union workers, still show up to work, they still have to get paid. Exactly. Even though this is a strike fund. So they're still not getting any productivity out of those three plants. It's almost like they're, it's like a virtual strike, right? That like, or a virtual um, shutout for those three plants because they moved all their equipment. They were getting ready. The capitalists thought that they were, oh, fine. We're, we're going to make sure that um, we still get production out. We still get our numbers. And now it's basically, they effectively shut down six plants by striking at three. And the fact that they're still getting paid at the other three plants, that's going to continue. Again, you're maximizing damage for the capitalists and minimizing damage for yourself. That is basically guerrilla warfare for labor, which I think is, it kind of blows my mind, Lysol, that as far as I know, something like a guerrilla warfare-esque approach to labor has not been taken as far as I know. But again, I'm not the greatest student of, of history, especially when it comes to these things. Uh, but so effective, so very effective. Yeah, it's it's enough that it, it gives me the benefit of the doubt. And that's like the number one thing I, I think is missing post-Bernie. Um, sure. On the left is that Bernie was always horrible on foreign policy, but we gave him the benefit of the doubt because the things he cared about the most, we thought he was right about. And Sean Fain now gets my benefit of the doubt. He's, 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 he's trying new stuff. Like, you know, it's not the fucking, like, like, you know, to your point, management has been updating their tactics. They're not sending the Pinkertons to fucking bust people's heads with billy clubs anymore. Like, we gotta, we gotta adapt too. Um, the other thing that was, other thing union-wise that was interesting and I wanted to note is there's scuttlebutt. The, one of the reasons why the WGA strike, um, came, why, why it ended and they came to terms, is there's a bill passing through the California legislature that was going to allow striking workers to collect unemployment. And I feel like yeah, that yeah. is another thing that could be a huge fucking game. That break, would game be there. incredible. That would be great. Now, that is legislation. That's something I could do. I could write that. That shouldn't be hard. That they're doing that in California right now. Yeah. Um, let me find you the the bill number. Oh my God! Why haven't I thought? Senate, who Senate thought Bill seven nine nine. Senate Bill seven nine nine. Yeah, it's just like it's new tactics. Like, oh. like Johnny said, thinking creatively. The, the idea that the people leading us are trying something new after our big bitch of 2016 and 2020 it was the people we were that were leading us just reverted to the same old bullshit when the when the going got tough. And now we have yeah. people actually working on new ways that makes management uncomfortable. Like I got to imagine there was some screaming going on at GM headquarters when they found out that actually the strike was at different places and that they had actually that they had actually caused themselves more pain than the union members had themselves. That's the best part of it. It's like, oh, stop, stop, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. This is incredible. This, that's, this is genius. That, the, why, did, why have I not thought of this? This is fucking incredible. I love how the first articles I'm finding on this Lysol are that, uh, Cali- you know, the first one I found is called Subsidizing Immortality. California's legislatures 
passage of SB 799 is an attack on businesses. Attack these nuts. Get the fuck out of here, dude. What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Have It's like California when we're talking about homeless people. Look at them. Look at them all. They got entire cities. I cannot believe. I can just flip this. I got to figure out a way to get this in front of the Illinois. You know what? I know some fucking people. I bet they do it. I bet they do it. They're DSA endorsed. They better. And they're pretty in Chicago. I can get someone. Let's do this is something that needs to be this is fucking awesome. 50 See, states. Should be in 50 states. It should be everywhere. It should be everywhere. That that is that is incredible because you know, here's the thing about unemployment. I don't know if people know this, but when you uh apply for unemployment, your employer has to pay a portion of that. It's it is funded in part, and in no small part, I believe, by your employer. So, is it subsidized by the government and the tax dollars? Yes, but also your employer. And if you're on strike, oh, oh God, that'd be nice. I I think that's that's great. Damn that that made my night. I'm gonna look at this after this, and then go back to work. But then look at this again. <laughs> but it's it's already passed. It's passed oh, the, 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 the it's 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 been presented to the governor now. So the governor, I believe, just has to sign this. If Newsom signs this, then we're gonna have to have a I'm gonna have to do a dive into Governor Newsom and just figure out why would he do that? Because it that that it, can someone's personal ambition be so high to reach the highest office? that they're willing to even do things that destroy capitalism. Because if that's the case, go for it. I have no problems with that. You know, is if his his desire to be remembered is so much greater than uh you know, any other desi- his desire to continue to be rich or something like that. I mean, this is a guy who when covid struck uh had everyone forced to stay at home, which again, lockdowns in a lot of ways made sense at that time. But then he goes out to the French laundry and eats a meal, right? Like, so I, I don't know if he's a real, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying he's some kind of revolutionary here, but my goodness, if this was presented, it says it was enrolled and presented to the governor at 4 PM. So if it's passed, it's a partisan bill, Democrat 30. Oh, what are they doing? This is, this is incredible. How did this happen? So, do, do we, go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at an article. Um, it says, at an event last Tuesday, Gavin Newsom expressed concern over the debt the bill would incur, especially considering the state's unemployment fund is already over $18 billion underwater. Quote, unquote, yeah. I think one has to be cautious about that before you enter the conversation about expanding its utilization, Newsom said although a decision is expected shortly. So Gavin Newsom is often, oftentimes in California, Gavin Newsom's role is to be the, oh, sorry guys, we can't do it because the Dems have a super majority and and occasionally they have to to pass stuff. (laughs) But that doesn't mean they have to accomplish anything. And that's Gavin Newsom's job. Um, My favorite Gavin Newsom story is people talk about San Francisco being full of trash. Uh, He took something like, I think a quarter of San Francisco's trash cans off the streets and at like a, a ceremony like announcing it he says i'm pro trash can 
So it's just like the quintessential Democrat. He's like getting rid of services as he's saying, well, I'm for services. So yeah, he, he's, a, yeah. he's a slippery motherfucker. The other yeah, the, the thing yeah. that he did this week was um, he, uh, he he vetoed a bill that would have given kids more rights in terms of parental notice for, for trans kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he pushed, he pushed back, he pushed back against it. And that was, he took the Republican position on it. So like, you know, he contains multitudes, but ultimately he's a snake. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I think most of the time with politicians generally, that's a safe assumption. But uh, I, I, I say, look, even if, if like if I ran for politics or something or for office and I, I got in, um, even if you think like I would think it was better if you thought I was a snake and made me disprove it rather than the opposite to, you know, I'm, I'm tired of all the, the disappointments from like the Bernie's and the like. Um, yeah, that is this bill is something, though, if nothing else, why don't we propose this in every state or something very similar to this? Um, yeah, that's great. Lysol, that you're always bringing gems and delicious snacks. So <laughs> I, I, I thank you for uh, informing me of this and giving me some hope and also uh, keeping the 90s alive, baby. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, good talking to you, man. Yeah, always a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right, and then we have Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Fred Hampton in the Suites. How are you? Hey. I just wanted to get that bill number. Seven nine thank you. Senate seven Bill seven nine nine. Okay. Because yeah, I have I have a I have a friend in the I, I, don't don't hold it against me. I have a friend who's been in the Democratic Party in California for a very long time and has a straight line to Gavin. And okay. is very pro labor. Like she wants to quit her managerial job so that she can organize the staff. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. She, she's 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 a um, she went to law school but isn't a lawyer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna. So I just wanted to get that so I can because if she she might not know about it because she's working in the wine industry right now. Okay. So yeah. I don't know how closely she's been watching the governor's mansion. So I will. Thanks for the heads up, Lysol, and thank you very much, Bob. As always, I do appreciate yeah. your show being here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, back. I appreciate you being here too, Amanda. I, I, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad we got the bill, we got the information, and look, I said I was going to keep it short. It's been an hour twenty minutes. I think that's perfect. That's a perfect episode length. That is not three hours, and I can actually go back to work. Um, so let me do that. Let me close it out again. Look, the 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 biggest takeaways here. Uh, really watch and learn from what the UAW is doing right now. The way to defeat uh, conspiracy bullshit, the way to uh, defeat the kind of divisions that are apparently tearing our country apart, the the continued cycle of Trump v. Biden v. Trump v. Biden v. Trump v. Biden is... Uh, we have to reinstate real class consciousness in people. People need to understand that these politicians and these people who pay them and the people who run our economies and determine the shape of your lives are not their friends. The goal is to extract as much wealth and value as they can from us. Um, that's just good business most of the time. Uh, that has to be fought against. 
And the first way that you fight against that is, well, uh, start telling people, start making them understand that they're all being exploited in the same ways. That's a start. And look, I always got to give this because there's always somebody or another who's like, well, capitalism has done a lot of good things and blah, 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 blah. Look, okay. I, I am not saying that I'm against markets. I don't think there's not any utility to it. But what I am saying is the situation that we have now is untenable. And it's not going to fix itself. There have to be the balance of power is so off at this point that we can't even determine or understand really um, the the rate the way that we're going now is that the future is guaranteed to fail, right? Um, there's no way to stop it from failing without some significant changes. Uh, those changes need to be made. And the only way to force powerful interests to make those changes is to antagonistically force them to the table. Is to show them the numbers. Is to do the thing that... Um, I forget which CEO it was, but he said something like, you know, the thought of the working class coming out with the guillotines or the guillotines um, keeps him up at night. Good. Good. It should. It should. And uh, the kind of militancy that Sean Fain and the UAW is showing right now, I think is exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh, and I am the doctor. That's what I want. Okay. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining us. It's good to be back. Uh, hopefully be back next week with uh, another episode. Probably going to stick with labor for a little bit now. Although, honestly, this bill is looking pretty pretty nice. And I think that maybe organizing something around like a campaign where we can get this put in front of everyone, in every state at least, is a good start. But Anyway, good to be back. Thank you all. Uh, take care, and I'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed your stay at the Fred Hampton Inn & Suites. Take care. Bye. <laughs>